What's the fire? Have you heard about the fire festival? No. Oh, there's multiple documentaries about it that you can watch. So there's literally hours of content about fire festival. Oh my gosh. But it was this festival, um, that was like supposed to be Jay Z and a bunch of famous people. (laughs) And you could buy a ticket and Instagram influencers could get in and, um, drink a bunch of liquor and stay at a beach resort. But it turned out it was like a parking lot at a sandals resort. And all the bands canceled last minute and there was no food and nothing. And there was nothing there but FEMA tents. So all these Instagram influencers were like, what do we do? And they were like, here, you can have um, a sandwich with like bread and cheese. (laughs) It's like TanaCon, like that TanaMongyuCon thing. Oh, there's been all kinds of things like that. She wanted to have a, 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 what do you call it? One of those uh, conventions that was just for her and her buddies from like YouTube. And then she rented out a place that only had a thousand seats, yeah. but like 10,000 people bought tickets. And so yeah. the, at first the, they just made them stand outside and then eventually they didn't give refunds, but everybody had bought a ticket. There was supposed to be like a Tumblr con as well that boasted a, an adult oh, Tumblr, yes, an adult sized um, ball pit. What? But I'm there. when people got there, it was like a kiddie pool full of balls, bro. Are you kidding? <laughs> Fill up the YMCA pool with the balls and then I'll talk to you guys. Yeah, there you go. That would have been better. You know, what would be fun, though, is that like um, <laughs> trying to do that during COVID. That would be. Oh, really my fun. gosh. Hey, I have a ball pit here. Mm, no, thank you. Uh, Come on. It's give it a, a, do- a dollar <laughs> for an hour. I'll give you I'll give you an hour in here for one dollar. Please you could have extra time in the ball pit. That's what happened at the Tom Tumblr con. People were disappointed. So they said, um, here, you have an extra half an hour in the ball pit. oh my gosh that's a lot of fun okay you guys ready to start yeah let's do it i'm zach i'm colin and i'm bob and welcome Welcome to the house plants podcast i'm on the wrong podcast (laughs) i'll do i'll do the real lion you ready for this you ready for this Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> the king of the forest. I was the king of the forest. All right. the best, seriously, the best vocal performance of all time. Okay, and we're here to talk about music, music media, and, and the, the mission, mission of, of Jesus. Jesus, and a lot more. Um, and as you can tell by our little weird segue in the beginning, we're also talking about animals. The animals. So, um, first question, do animals have souls? Second question, why would you ever ask that? Of course, yes. <laughs> yeah, so the debate is settled in my mind. Ecclesiastes 3.18. Thank you, Patrick Naramale, for that is, pointing me to that. That is true. Scripture. <laughs> what does it say? All animals have the same breath? It says breath? God tests them so they should see that they are no different than the animals. They all have the same breath. One goes into the gr- Who decides what? It's like they both go into the ground. Yeah. Um, and then it's something like who decides who goes up and who goes down. Everything's meaningless. You know, Solomon's like everything's the good meaningless. Ecclesiastes stuff. stuff. Stuff is meaningless. You're Chef meaningless. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. <laughs> I'm like, oh, see, we got the best Ecclesiastes scripture around. Come get and it. If you are, uh, if you are a fan of the bipartite uh, theology, then breath and soul are the same thing. That's true. So you never really know. <laughs> All right, but before Good we get stuff. into before we get anything too crazy, um, we are going to do a song. Uh, we're going to do "All Creatures of Our God and King," the hymn. 
but it will sound much, much, much different. We it'll uh, sound like an animal wrote it. <laughs> uh, animal from the uh, Muppets, maybe. Um, <laughs> he goes wild on the That's drums. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, so the other thing is, uh, I told uh, Zach that we would pull the three abominations this time. So we would uh, change the chords change the rhythm and change the melody line melody yes, line being the most heinous of all crimes but we are not changing a single lyric we're not changing the lyrics other that than, true. Other than we're only doing like two or three verses that is the actual abomination like that that shall not be done but it is you shouldn't yeah they, you can add a chorus uh matthew west and everyone else uh but <laughs> uh, but you shall not change the lyrics so we will try our best I think uh, that's one of the ten commandments but yeah, with uh, without further ado, maybe the eleventh one. Here is um, '80s uh, synth, all creatures. Here we go.
Father, again, I just thank you so much that we can get together and discuss um, things about you. And I thank you for everybody that you have turned towards this podcast uh, for this episode. For everybody that's listening out there, um, I just pray that you would um, that you would work to draw each and every one of us uh, to yourself. Just through your grace, Lord, I pray that you would just draw us uh, to your spirit, that you'd speak through this podcast, that it would all go to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen, amen. Very, very cool. Super duper fun. That was a lot of fun, Colin. I loved it. I thought it was, um, how should we say, the most Phil Collins I've ever been. So (laughs) since my first name is Colin, it's fun to have... Phil Collins inspired music. Colin Filson. I can't sing like him. My dad, uh, uh, God rest his soul, uh, sounded a lot like Phil Collins, I thought. Did he really? Uh, so a lot of times when he played songs or he would sing Phil Collins, I was like, man, he sounds so close. Um, so yeah. Um, what are we talking about today, Zach? So we talked about all kinds of spiritual beings. Uh, we... Had a very long series, and I guess this is kind of um, a different thing now, <laughs> but it's yeah. sort of related. This could be kind sort of related. Of the, this could be sort of the end of that series. Maybe an epilogue. An epilogue. That's maybe. a good. That's a good way to. Maybe think this will be like. Maybe we have like one or two more, but we can like put a pin in it for now. Yeah. Because there might be uh, the Elohim. Yes. And the uh, cherubim and the seraphim. Right. Well, Elohim is. Sons of God, so we kind of covered that. Oh, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we, that's we did, true. We did yeah, we definitively, yeah, we did. We we kind of nailed that down. Yeah. But the cherubim and the seraphim, the we didn't two really crazy get into that. types of animals. We could have when gods. we were talking about like angels and stuff. But um, yeah. man, there was just so much to talk about with angels. There so was much. so much to cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, we really had to. We actually yeah. really had to minimize what we did. Like there were times where towards the end of a lot yeah. of these episodes, we've had to like ended up skipping things. Yeah. But this will be a little bit lighter, maybe more fun episode yeah it'll be a lot of fun and uh yeah so um zach let me ask you something just because i'm curious about this yeah in your opinion do you think my dog rain is going to heaven yes or no (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah we uh based on yeah only what the bible says all i can say is i hope so because she is a good dog She's a good little snippers crib. And I believe that like all of creation is going to be redeemed and restored. So I don't really see why animals wouldn't be part of that. Right. They're part of creation, too. I like the idea that in what dreams might come, which is totally crazy and doesn't really <laughs> like speak to what heaven will be like. But I like how in that like uh, fever dream scenario that his old dog is there and hangs out with him. So, yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Very um, nice. We'll, I, we'll talk about dogs. It's interesting the way scripture scriptures take on dogs. It's yeah. not what most people would think it would be. It's funny because th- <laughs> I, I've been like harping on this soul thing, but that's actually really not what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> I'm just being a troll because that's a very hard question to answer. Um, so yeah, it is a tough question to answer. I guess if we wanted to to engage with that real quick, we're just not really told a lot. Yeah. Um, I think what you mentioned in Ecclesiastes three. 18. 318. That's a really good scripture to look at and kind of ponder. The breath. Um, yes. I, I would Nefesh. also argue that might be the only scripture we really have to go off of. Uh, you no? would be maybe mistaken because I've done my research. <laughs> but that's for another episode. I mean, if you if you take um if you take 
portions of Isaiah where it talks about the new kingdom and it talks about um, the um, the wolf and the lamb like lying yeah. together and stuff. Uh-huh. So well, I think you know, there's okay. evidence okay. that that the new uh, I, I can see that yeah new creation probably going to have animals in it. Well, would, also well, say so. well, also another interesting thing is when and in Genesis when God first creates animals, he makes them as companions for man, for Adam basically, and a lot of well it, the way that that part of Genesis is told because it yeah. says that he makes beasts of the land, birds of the air, fish of the sea, that kind of thing. But then later, I guess, is in Genesis 2 uh, and going forward, it talks about how he had made man in his image, but then he breathed life into the animals as well. But the stipulation there is that no part in that whole scripture does it talk about a soul. Just talk about the flesh, the dust, and the the breath. And so I don't think they really had a concept for the soul the way we think of it now. So maybe in that time, God was making a soul, but I also think... I also think that, and we should talk about this maybe a little bit on this po- on this episode, but I also think that there, I believe personally that God, when he breathes his breath into the animals of the world, he is also imparting within them the like holy duty of like their station. I know that sounds really weird. Like, what does that mean? But like, for example, that like all mother dogs know to nurse their, their baby dogs or that all yeah. birds like, What's that scripture about? Don't birds, uh, um, don't worry about the birds. The birds don't worry about, uh, tomorrow. Um, they neither sow nor weep or weep, right? Reap, not weep. And so, and you know, so I think that, you know, the, the godless, um, would say, <laughs> right. Meaning our, uh, atheist friends yeah. would, would probably say, um, that's instinct, uh, evolutionary sure. construct that is, uh, brought that behavior about you know yeah that's true um, i mean it but could where just does be. where where does that because I, I think i think that's true to an extent but where does that I, I where do. does that stop and where does the design of god kind of come into play that's sure. an interesting thing anyway so mm-hmm. um we we are going to talk about bad good, good and ugly. maybe indifferent animals <laughs> um yeah so let me ask you guys before we even get into the the animals of uh of what we're going to be discussing. Let me ask you guys, in your opinion, uh, what are the five most evil animals on the planet? <laughs> Bob, you go five first. most evil. Yep. Yeah. Other than no context. Um, murder hornets. Yeah. I, I, yeah that's that's right. definitely up there. Um, I would also go as far as to say, um, most evil. So, um, I guess you would say, um, uh, snakes, mosquitoes, Oh, mosquitoes is a good mm. one. I hate mosquitoes. Uh, if you're if you're from the south at all, you would probably say fire ants. But fire ants is definitely okay. up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they um, they hate everything. <laughs> yeah. Um I I would also go probably um uh I'm not sure what I would put in the last two. Um I, I personally I have a grudge against spiders, but I don't find them to be necessarily evil. I just personally have don't like them. Exactly, yeah. exactly. They have a duty. Mosquitoes, on the other hand, almost no duty. Yeah, that's true. Well, so, and so mosquitoes as, and wasps. Yeah. yeah, they don't really serve a purpose. Yes, they All right, just Zach, they just have, like to hurt people. Yes. What about uh, um, you? Would bees. Yeah. So there's another one I put up there. Would bees. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say um, I would definitely put fire ants in there because mm. I've been bit by them, been stung by a wasp. So the I'd fire ants are the dark wasp. elves or the Romulans of the insect family. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, regular that worker ants. Quote. Yeah, yeah, regular <laughs> ants. They're they're, they're like fine. we're in here eating your sugar, but we're not trying to bite you or nothing. We're just yeah. in your house. They're, they're, and they're, they're like, they're oh, annoying. what a nuisance. 
Yeah. And then but, fire but, ants are like, you know what? I'm going to crawl in your foot while you're you're wearing a sandal. And guess what? I'm going to ride I'm with you all get, the way yeah. home and get, get you get, in yeah. between your yeah. big toe yeah. and your second yep. biggest toe. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wasps. Uh, murder hornets are good. Um, oh, murder hornets are good or bad? They're bad. Okay. They're, they're, good, they're good for the list. They're a good candidate for the bad list. Okay. So that's three. Yeah. Most of mine are some form of insect. I do not really. Oh, like wow. Them. Okay. Well, I will tell you guys mine and then we'll talk about good ones. But I will say definitely for sure bees of any kind. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. When they sting any you. Any kind? Of any kind. You know, and I'll tell you why. Because when they sting you, they're basically knowingly committing suicide. And we know that's a sin. So that's they're kind of like the <laughs> they're kind of like the World War Two uh, Japanese fighter. They're pilots. kamikaze yeah, pilots, kamikazes. and so yeah. not only are they trying to kill you, but they are knowingly killing themselves. So you know well, they're destroying they're, something God created, and um, you know, or, about or, that. or they're merely defending. They're sacrificing themselves, okay, Bob. to protect their hide. Okay, justification. Okay, <laughs> temporary solution to a permanent problem. Okay, <laughs> not the bees. <laughs> Thank you also from uh, the Wicker Man. (laughs) Uh, We know how evil they are. I will also say probably, um, yeah, I got to say it. Um, Pigs, they're dirty. You shouldn't eat them. So they're evil. Even though they exist to not be eaten. I didn't realize you were on a kosher diet. Well, also... (laughs) You know, Babe, that movie ain't fooling nobody. He's not fooling me. I mean, he's basically a wolf in pig's clothing. Let me just ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is Let me ask you this. Besides dogs, which are also on my list, huh? besides dogs, how many other animals have movies about the animal spontaneously gaining human speech? Super demonic animal right there. Okay, Babe and Charlotte's Web pig, Wilbur. He was yeah. like, oh, I'm Wilbur. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you were possessed by a demon. Congratulations. Yeah. If that was like, if that happened like in a Pentecostal area, yeah. they would have burned that barn to the ground. And, then, and <laughs> that is, I mean, how do we know that some of those pigs that Jesus threw the demons into didn't scuttle away? It didn't say, I don't know if it says all of them died. They, in the- they wanted the demonic possession. I mean, they there you go. For it. So that, I mean, I could go on and on here, but pigs See, I, definitely I, I, evil. I struggle with that one because pigs are also highly intelligent creatures. Uh, yeah. Uh, so are they're, demons. They're, they're, they're just lazy. So are demons. Demons are intelligent liars. So, all right, moving on. Dogs. <laughs> wow. Dogs. Dogs are basically the superheroes of oh, the animal kingdom. Dogs the- are, I mean, let's, let's just go back to my pig argument here. If dogs can play basketball <laughs> and mm, football and they can also, I don't know, talk. They and also, else. yeah, they, they speak. There's that one that goes, thank you. That says, I love you. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are we, t- I mean, uh, God didn't give them vocal cords. So they, what's happening? They there? developed speech just to say, I love you. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And so they're then very, they're very dedicated. They're animal. very they're easily little, possessed. They're very, they're very little bit cult like towards their owners. This though, is why say. I've told, I've told yes. everybody for years bit, and years and years. A codependent. From well. the day you have a puppy, you have to train them. You have to be, they have to be there in train the them worship. in the way that they should go. They, they have to be there. <laughs> Every Sunday when, we, when we're heading out to church, we also pray with rain, hold her paw in our hand. Because that keeps a prayer, a prayer a day keeps a demon away. Yeah. And I've said this for, for years. And so if we're talking, they're very susceptible to demon. Oh my goodness. Number four. And this is pretty clearly the same argument, but let's just go through it. Birds that can speak any of them. Basically the first thing out of their mouth is curse words. And clearly, <laughs> oh, well you would, yeah, you would have a lot of agreement with my wife. She hates birds. So of all kinds. And you know, I see these people all the time from England. They're like, Oh, look at my bird talking. And he's like, wanker. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's that's probably a cuss word. I could bleep that out. Um. So. Um. Yeah. Elephants. Elephants are definitely on the good team. Like elephants will like yeah. pick okay. up a drowning child with their trunk. Let's. Kara said she was riding an elephant one time and uh, a tourist lost the lens cap yeah. off their camera. Oh yeah. Lens cap just fell on the ground. Mm. The elephant went and like picked it up with its uh, trunk and handed it to him. Oh. <laughs> like, here, here, buddy. Got I'm lens changing <laughs> my mind about the elephant. Yeah, I considered them to be nice. cowards until recently because of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but uh, maybe I'm changing my mind about them. Um, so, okay, let's go around and talk about but, good but, ones. Hold, 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 here's the deal. Okay, for the same argument you had pigs and dogs, you have to also include cats. Okay. For the exact same reasons. Yeah. So they have to be up there. Even more so because at least dogs might might have more of a cult-like behavior towards their owners. Cats expect a cult-like behavior from their That is owners. true. You must worship a cat if yeah. you, here's if the you thing. own one. It, it actually owns you. Here's the thing <laughs> most, pretty much. Pretty much. Here's the thing most atheists and non-Christians don't know. You know how like cats are very skittish and they won't like come near you and they have to like warm up to you and stuff? Mm-hmm. If you're a Christian, they act basically like dogs and just lick you and love you. But if you're like not a good person, they'll just like avoid you like the plague. And I consider that to be a Christian aspect. So they're not sinners at all. They're really a holy person <laughs> on the list. <laughs> they're like, I am choosing to uh, abstain from you. I'm going to go my way and it's in the litter box. You go your way. Yes. I'm staying away from those sinful humans, which is well, Zach had a cat named Ollie, Ollie, Oliver. Yeah. And Oliver came right up to me and was like nuzzling on me. And I'm like, Oh, obviously he's living in a Christian yeah. home. He recognizes Ollie. <laughs> Ollie was very, he was very well liked even by dog people. Oh yeah. Did I tell you he passed away? Yes, he did. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Did. All joking aside. He had cat diabetes. So oh. that was sad for him. But okay. So second most holy on my list is locusts. So basically God's tool. So can't call him evil. <laughs> Especially when dipped in honey. And frogs, third, second best God's tool. God's like, all right, you you want the locust to burn your fields down? I'll do it. And then I'm like, thank you. So you're really like counting a lot of the agents of God's vengeance as good animals. Vengeance, burning, killing equal uh, in God's hands equals good animal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm being a real weirdo. Basically, uh, (laughs) some animals are created as vessels of wrath, I suppose. The frogs, too. I mean, technically, yeah. they just jump in the water and they scare you. I don't really know if uh, frogs can do any damage. The one thing that frogs hate is the fluoride in the drinking water. Or the chlorine in the pool. Yeah. Which is sad times for me. That is a sad kid. times. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Shall we uh, get into these? We're going to go. Please. We're going to go line by line. I went on a long <laughs> thing just now, so somebody else talk. We're going to talk about uh, different animals and how the Bible portrays them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and good. maybe we'll see if there's any goodness or badness inherent okay. to any of these animals. So, like one uh, that stands out as being mentioned in the Bible many, many times might be uh, a sheep. Yeah, yeah. This, this is one of yeah. the mo- one of the most uh, talked about uh, as Christians typically, and in common culture, sheep are bad. <laughs> you sheep, like you sheeple. Yeah, why oh, are sheep? You know what's funny? Pull the wool out from your eyes. <laughs> you know what's funny is that sh- sheep who follow is always like, oh, you're just a blind follower. And I'm like, well, technically, when it comes to God, I, I sort of am. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we, Not we, blind, we, we, but. We are often referred to as sheep um, in a lot of ways uh, for for both positive and negative reasons in a lot of uh, throughout sure. scripture. 
Yeah, sheep are dumb. Um, yep. They, 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 are, they, they will are, follow one another off a cliff if yeah. given the opportunity, which is why we are most certainly in need of a shepherd. Yeah. And so, like, places like Psalm 23, which is a pretty popular scripture, talk about um, talk about our shepherd. You know, talks about how uh, he, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Um, so many people have kind of heard uh, this sort of thing. Um, oh, they've heard it? They've maybe heard this sort of thing ah, before. Sounds maybe a bit familiar. Someone's maybe heard of this. <laughs> um, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. That was actually something that they that shepherds did do to their sheep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of keep them clean and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So keep the bugs off them. Um, I will say this: um, as far as like representation of the sheep, like symbolic in the scripture, I like the idea that it's sheep are looked upon, especially in analogy situations, as being like the people of God, and mm-hmm. that and that they are kind of vulnerable to like wolves or vulnerable to the elements. Um, I like the idea that uh, the imagery that God is sort of like uh, uh, protecting his flock. Yeah. And I like that idea very much. Elsewhere, mm-hmm. he refers to himself as uh, the good shepherd. Yep. Yep. Okay. John 10, John 10. Uh, is one yeah. of the big ones. And it was, it's always interesting because he mentions that, that they, that uh, um, I know my, I know my flock and they know my voice, which was something that shepherds actually did. The sheep yeah. actually really didn't know their shepherd's voice. And so when the shepherd actually called for their sheep, uh, well, more specific, when shepherds would go into town, they just take their whole flocks and put them in just a giant pen. All the shepherds put them yeah. sheep in the same pen. And so they would call their sheep and their sheep would come after them because all the sheep knew who their own shepherd was. There was no concern like, oh, you're going to take my sheep or I'm going to take someone yeah. else's. Yeah. It, which was really strange to think about. But that's just that. They, 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 I mean, sheep are dumb. But they're at least smart enough to know who their shepherds, who it is that it's actually caring for them and protecting them. Yeah, yeah. So that's some of the positives about sheep. Uh, you might think, well, they're clearly on on the side of good. <laughs> what about? Uh, Don't assume. What about Isaiah fifty three six? It says, uh, "We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all." Um, so it's basically saying like. All people have strayed away like sheep. Mm-hmm. So sheep are kind of prone to to um, wander. Wander, kind of. There's a yeah. song that says prone that. I think. To wander, <laughs> they wander oh, yes. away, but uh, but then later on in the New Testament, Jesus talks about leaving the ninety nine and going after the one, recognizing that they will stray away. They it's, will stray away, but God loves us that much. Yes, yeah, so so he he will come after yeah. us. See, and again, imagery. Um, think about yourself as a sheep in a giant field full of other sheep. Yeah. And you as a sheep, maybe just don't understand the full truth of your like existence, but like the shepherd does. Yeah. And so then Mm -hmm. you say, whatever, I'm just going to, I'm out of here. The door's open. I'm leaving. And the shepherd's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you back and make you safe. But you could run away and stray from the, the herd if if you really, really wanted to. And I think the part of, I, I, I really do see the entirety of the human race as like babies and you've got like a mom or a dad (laughs) there trying to 
keep kids in the living room and they keep bumping their heads and stuff. And so it's, it's kind of similar to me. I think that, uh, I think again, it's a negative connotation to say, I, I, I am a sheep, but I think that I, I would say I am a loyal sheep. That's, that's yeah. a good way of me twisting it positive. It is a good mm-hmm. way to think of yourself. I mean, the world tells you, don't be a sheep. Don't be a sheep, man. Open your eyes, man. Get woke. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> the, I just love how many things that, uh, that Jesus flips upside down completely. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Cause the world would not think, um, being a sheep is a net positive, but the Bible would say otherwise. So, so well, and, and I think it's important that, uh, that, that sheep are so prevalent in scriptures because of this, um, um, and the main reasons why is because of the sacrifice aspect. They are often viewed as being so innocent, um, which yeah. is why they were often viewed that, which is why they were used so heavily for sacrifices. So m- moving. Um, and so especially in, in the, uh, in the Exodus and Leviticus and where we start seeing, you know, the, uh, um, it, at the start of the, of the, of the new nation where, where God asked for a, a to sacrifice a sheep. Uh, well, even, even going back as far as Genesis with Cain, yeah. Uh, or or um, Abel, Abel, yes. Um, and so with this, this, the sacrifice in the sheep, because the, being the innocents, they can take on the sin. That you have something unblemished taking on the the, the wrongdoings of yeah. the blemished things. Which once again, why Jesus Himself is described as the Lamb, the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb. Yeah, it, and they were uh, they were a symbol of purity. Isaiah one eighteen says, "Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be." White as snow, though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. And so, um, an interesting other scripture that kind of transitions us into the wolves one a little bit. Yeah. Is uh, Luke 10, verse 3. It says, uh, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves or lambs amongst the wolves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, if we think about wolves, what do we think of? Obviously, we think about like ravenous hunters. Predators. <laughs> They're predators. Um, and so the enemy. a lot of times when we when we talk about wolves in association with sheep, um, they I mean, and it's not just wolves, it's like jackals and foxes and other things like that. And it's always kind of the same thing, this idea of like a scavenger, like predator. And in a lot of ways, you can really associate them with mm-hmm. demons or uh, sin or whatever, um, which is just as destructive as getting mauled by a wolf if you're a sheep. You can definitely tell when you're reading the scriptures that they had a healthy fear and respect of wolves. You know, I, I, oh yes, oh as yes. people who uh, raised sheep, you know. <laughs> yes. In in Matthew seven fifteen, it says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves." That's right. And so, and again, we talk about like this kind of temptation or mm-hmm. danger being separated from your shepherd, uh, and I find that to be pretty interesting. Um, there is a uh, Two different Isaiah scriptures. Uh, I'll, I'll mention this one because it kind of ties in a few few animals in general. But the first one is Isaiah sixty five twenty five, and I guess it's sort of a uh, they kind of reference each other. But I'll read this one first, and I'll read the other one. Uh, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain says the Lord. And the reason I think that they reference that none of them will hurt each other, uh, in the holy mountain is signifying perhaps the end times. 
and the fact that yeah, at the, that point right, nobody will be hurting each yeah. other. And so a- animals who normally are predators of each other will all sort of be at peace. Because well, a lion would normally attack and kill an ox. Mm-hmm. A, uh, a wolf would normally attack and kill mm-hmm. a lamb. Um, and I think that's cool that that is kind of the promise yeah. that there won't be any more of that nastiness. I won't make you hurt. <laughs> and then uh, the second one from Isaiah, which is uh, which comes earlier, Isaiah 11, 6 through 9 says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf, and the lion, and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. Mm, what does that sound like? The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge mm-hmm. of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Yeah. So that is like the, like I said, they're referencing each other. But um, what is what is cool about that, I think, is the idea of this, um, uh, the little child that shall lead them. Um, and that kind of gives me a nice, like, but, but, more or less, this is me transitioning out of wolves into the other animals. But um, I think typically in the Bible, a lot of times wolves represent something bad or uh, like a false prophet, a uh, uh, something that would go into the peaceful like uh, den of sheep and stir up trouble, kill, uh, 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 make some sheep uh, turn away, that kind of thing. What do you guys think? So wolves are like. So eight out of ten on the yeah. evil scale. <laughs> so yeah, is as evil as they're portrayed in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Even they uh, have a chance at being restored. That's right. But I mean, yeah, wolves in our present reality, you know, as a stand-in for like people who would deceive, like right. it's a pretty serious thing. Remember, uh, Christy Duncan said, "You got to shoot the wolves. Shoot the wolves sometimes." <laughs> Um, what's weird, uh, not that this is pertinent to Christianity necessarily, but I think it's interesting. A lot of other cultures actually believe that wolves represent like mischief or badness, yeah. Yeah. uh, including like different forms of native Americans. Like, so like the, um, excuse me, I believe the Navajo and the, um, uh, 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 Oh, what is, what are those called? The, uh, the, the, um, code talker guys, the other native Americans from over uh, in the West. Um, they believe uh, wolves are like mischievous, like creatures that are only like there to like stir up trouble and cause mayhem. <laughs> I did a report on that recently and I thought that was pretty interesting that it kind of lined up that way. So, right. so basically trade is nothing but uh, uh, I was, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is that there's very little positive to say about them. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I don't hate wolves. Oh no, no I'm not saying uh, that. It's just there, there's there's not much positive uh, purpose that they seem to have, right? Um, other than just being a predator and keeping um, other populations at bay. Um, I believe that I could maybe I could say this at least um, that there is reference to them. If you believe that armies coming in to like attack Jerusalem during like the minor prophet times before Jesus mm-hmm. showed up, if you believe that God's will was for them to like scatter God's people because they were unbelievers as, as a lot of people believe. Okay. Then this scripture might, um, in acts, uh, might be kind of in that same vein in acts 20, 29, it says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. 
Mm. So maybe it's maybe it's like a spin on like, hey, God knows these things are coming and you better be like, you know, ready. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, like basically every scripture I looked up has them becoming like killers, bloodthirsty or a false prophet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Basically, there's also uh, the bad wolf. Big bad wolf, of course, you know, and bad wolf, which is a graffiti artist from the UK that. Yeah. Right, bad wolf. <laughs> but I will say, I will say this. It's kind of it's like I think the rule kind of works. Like if you are a uh, wolf who does something nice for a kid, like Balto, then you can be redeemed. That's true. So, yeah, there you go. He's awesome. only he's only half wolf, but he was trying his best. Stay away from him. Yeah. He's half wolf. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's up? What's next? Uh, so I wanted to see if the Bible said anything at all about murder hornets. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I figured there was locusts no... for sure. I don't know if they're murder hornets. Well, but... I mean, we could talk about it. So in revelation nine, one through 12, it talks about, um, basically kind of like a plague and people have said like whenever murder hornets started to be in the news, People and thought, quickly left as soon as they arrived. We left, yeah. Didn't really make a huge impact. Yeah, they were like, uh, oh, nobody's biting on this one. We'll just move on. <laughs> they're not biting. They're stinging. <laughs> um, Revelation does mention a, um, a certain type of insect-like swarm that leaves a... Uh, I think it says something about a painful sting. I'm going to look at Revelation. Whoa. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then it's probably the Jumanji bugs. Oh, yeah, that's right. It might make you uh, make you itch, make you twitch, make you. Yeah. (laughs) Make you sneeze, make you itch. I like that Uh, (laughs) movie very much. The original Jumanji. Me too. I saw it in the theater. It's okay. They can't get too far down if we just stay low. (laughs) It's glass. They'll never break through. (laughs) And out of the smoke, locusts came. So it does say locusts. It's okay. Came down on the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not allowed to kill them, but only torture them for five months. Oh my gosh. Uh, Anybody stung by a murder hornet? Did it hurt for like five months? (laughs) The agony they suffered was like that of the sting of a scorpion when it strikes. During those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for battle. On their heads, they wore something like crowns of gold. Oh, I know the scripture. They their have faces, women's faces. Their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like a woman's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth. This is pretty creepy. It is the one of the creepiest <laughs> scriptures in the Bible. They had breastplates, like the breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails with stingers like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon, that is destroyer. So let me just let me pause really extreme. quick. Yeah, this is extreme. <laughs> let me that, that is definitely a murder hornet. But let me let me <laughs> let me posit something to you guys, because I we read this recently and I thought it was really interesting. We read this in uh, in our church at Center Church. Um, one of the things that I remember thinking was that the people of that time had no other name for what they saw. So they called it a hornet because it had wings Yeah, and like came out of the sky and had like a stinger. But gosh, doesn't this like, and I don't, I don't want to like do a harebrained like theory, but 
doesn't this sound like some kind of 20 years from now, like drone creation? So you're doing well, like, uh, like you go, you're going ancient aliens on this. No, no, I'm not saying aliens at all. What if it's like <laughs> the, the, the revelation? If, he he yeah. saw something that could yeah. be reasonable. I was true. He wouldn't have been able to. It would have been some kind of like war describe like yeah, a war drone. Like, yeah. you know, I, okay. I, I was thinking something more like a helicopter, honestly. Yeah, it may be a helicopter, but like, well, it says that it has a stinger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it said it had wings that had a face of a man, but like the hair of a woman. Yeah. I mean, every helicopter is like rocking, like really great hair. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> but, but if, it, yeah, but if it's a, um, if it is got a breastplate of metal, I started thinking about, sure. it. I was like, wait a yeah. minute. It's a, it's a metal chassis with wings and a stinger and like a man's face. Think about it. Does it that be. sound like a robot? Like those yeah. walkers they have for the military, but like with a you mean? Oh, you mean the ATAT walker yeah, that the right. military has? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think. Um, I think that's. I mean, it's possible. It also or it could, could be just be murder, murder hornets, so. murder hornets that sting you and it hurts for five months. <laughs> it could be um, just symbolic incompletion but who knows i remember hearing something too about how certain certain locusts uh, actually like burn up the field so that nobody could eat either uh, but that was like another kind of like thing that god sort of brought down on everybody oh yeah 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 um yeah so there's like pestilence and bees in the bible like a lot of that is kind of like it'll use the same word so it's hard to tell whether they're talking like about locusts or yeah about bees or something i do yeah. think that yeah, there yeah. there are plenty of scriptures in uh, about bees and like the the usually the uh, allegory of honey yeah and how like bees store up like honey that's like really really sweet um and so there is some like smarts to bees yeah there are some smarts to uh but i think that like you guys said there are certain insects that have like a like they do certain good things. Yeah. I think bees are smart because they not only make honey, but they also like pollinate like flowers yeah. and stuff. But then you just have hornets and wasps that are like, have nothing else to yeah. do, but like kill things. That's true. They're just there to hurt people. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hurt insects, just hurt, hurt people, just hurt, just eat. Okay. So I found a very interesting column that you mentioned, um, that animals have a certain station in life and, yeah. and animals that do the will of God, are like acting on God's behalf. I think so. So it talks about that. Like with, legitimately, then that's not a joke. Yeah. I really do believe that. It talks sure. about that with bees. Yeah, it um, does. I was interested to see how in Deuteronomy seven, it says, do not be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord, your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials that your eyes saw, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord, your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the pestilence, word that also can be hornet. Mm -hmm. They use hornet in ESV. Yes, as well as NIV and Amplified and several other translations. So I will bring the hornets or pestilence against them until even the survivors and fugitive are destroyed. So there are multiple places where bees are used to chase off God's enemies. That's right. Ah, bees! (laughs) (laughs) Please tell me everybody that's listening has seen that Tommy Boy skit where he's like swerving around. He's like, oh man, you spilled beer all over me. They're never going to believe I wasn't drinking. So they get out and they go, bees! And the cops go, well, I'm allergic to bees. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to come near those guys. Yeah. So it happens in Exodus talks about like yep. locusts or bees or pestilence driving the Egyptians way happens in Joshua too. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I think so. I too. love that. I, I, yeah. I, I find it, I find it to be interesting right there. The, uh, 
that it's it's quite possible that maybe murder hornets have been around for thousands upon thousands of years. I do and they're think, and they're actually on God's team. They look really evil, but <laughs> I do think that um, things like locusts and cicadas are just like scary looking. Well, cicadas, oh, yes. yeah, they are completely harmless, but they're yes. just the problem it's is just annoying. Billions and, and billions and of them. Loud. So I okay. think uh, next next summer, that's when Cincinnati gets hit. Uh-huh. Again, cicada season's coming. Yeah. What is it? Every, every seven, 17 years. 17 years? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was every seven. 17. Is it 17? 2004, it was like my junior year. I remember like stealing. Uh, oh, wow. Was it really that long ago? Yeah. Man. Stealing tennis rackets from the gym and just going outside and just like, you just wave it through the air and you'd whack like three or four of them. <laughs> in every oh. swing. Well, what's weird is that <laughs> I remember thinking, I remember thinking it must've been less than 17 years because you and I were friends. When we when the cicadas the cicadas well, came. different yeah. parts of the country have different swarms. So uh, the Cincinnati one, like the Ohio side, right, had their seventeen year one in two thousand four. So they're due Kentucky, next year. Kentucky was like maybe two thousand end of two thousand four or two thousand five. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, okay, so moving on. Donkeys. Donkey. So Donkey. Let's, let's. I want to talk about what they represent in the Bible, and then I'm going to sure. give you guys some like uh, some I, I, scripture. I, and I got one for you as well. Please do. So what I'll say first is that I believe that donkeys represent humble, yeah, nature. That's a very oh, yes. good, very good point. So now, now the, they, they there's no doubt that the Bible definitely portrays them that way. But if anyone's ever worked with a donkey, you know that that is not their primary demeanor. Oh, I don't mean the donkeys are humble. I mean that the representation of riding on a donkey. Oh, absolutely. Means oh, yeah. that you are yeah. a, a, a humble person versus yes. a person that comes on an adorned yeah. camel. Yeah. I mean, what, what Bob is talking about is actually described in the Bible as a jackass. Absolutely. And that word is actually. <laughs> yes. In the Bible. Yes. Oh, he got mad at me earlier for saying an English curse word. Here he goes. Hey, hey. hey. <laughs> All right. So, so Bob, I'm sorry. Yeah. What were you saying? No, no, no. I, They're I'm unruly. Saying, Oh, oh, absolutely. Which is why I find it interesting because the the, the, the usage of a sheep, for example, yeah. is used for good reasons because of the demeanor of a sheep in a lot of ways and kind of what right. they represent, their innocence. But a donkey is often used, as you point out, for humility. But humility. They, that's but the they, right they are not humble creatures in the slightest. So one of the things that's interesting, too, is that when they list all the things you would never like steal from your neighbor, it lists the donkey. So you gotta at least un- you gotta at least admit that they have some value in that society. Oh, right? they actually have value, no doubt so, about that. So a lot of times, if you're a donkey, you have like four or five jobs. The jobs are a you're like pulling a plow, but you're like kind of the lesser. Yeah. Normally, you'd want like an oxen or something like that. This is more like the smaller plow, the one that's yeah. not needed to go so deep or something so, like that. So then, second thing, you might be like taking some goods somewhere. So they might put some stuff on you. Yeah. But they don't ride you. They just like hang yeah. stuff on the donkey and tote it. Or, you know, whatever. There's several other reasons to have a donkey. Mm-hmm. But one of the least popular reasons to have a donkey is to ride it. Because mm-hmm. typically that's like uh, having a 1976 a like Pinto, Honda or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't, like, you know, I got to take this. And when, when you honk the horn, it goes. <laughs> 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 what, uh, what's the loner in the mask? It's like, hey, Muv, bring out the loner. The loner. And it's like a car where the door doesn't shut quite right and everything. <laughs> so to me, what's interesting is that in the scriptures at different times, we've seen Jesus, King Solomon and King David all riding yeah. on a donkey. Mm-hmm. And in all of those stories, they represented a very humble yeah. 
approach well, to something in the scripture. Oh, absolutely. It's it's it, and and culturally that would have been viewed as a peaceful conquering. Yes, right. So, um, for example, when Jesus, uh, they say he well. It's, it's interesting too. It's, it's one of the main reasons why he rode into town on a donkey, unassuming. No, 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 it's not as a not, not a war horse. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's so uh, that's during, right. Yep. Yes, pass uh, with uh, with uh, Palm Sunday. So, what is this Balaam's donkey? Numbers twenty two. What do you got there, Bob? So Bal- number Balaam's donkey. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I just read this earlier. Yes, yeah. I, I I love this story. That this is this is really interesting. Um, at uh, towards the end of Numbers. Um, you know, I'll just kind of read this uh, passage. Um, it says, uh, starting in verse twenty, uh, Numbers twenty-two, starting in verse twenty-one. It says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went uh, went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it to get to get it back on the road. When <laughs> yes. says, then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path through the vineyards with walls on both sides. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So he beat the donkey again. When the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn either to the left or to the right. When the when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it lay down under uh, under Balaam, and he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, "What have I done uh, to you that you might beat me with uh, beat me these three times?" And Balaam answered the donkey. Notice he didn't answer the donkey. Oh my goodness, my donkey talks. Yeah. Instead, he answered the donkey. You have made a fool of me. This if, makes sense. <laughs> if only I had a, if only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam uh, to Balaam. I am not your own donkey. Uh, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. Am I not your own donkey, which I, which you have always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing on the road with a sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. And the, the angel of the Lord uh, asked him, "When? Why have you beaten your donkey three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before oh, me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If if it had not turned away, it would certainly I would have certainly killed you by now. I would have not. I, I would have. Uh, I, but I would have spared it. So it's uh, that's a lesson about patience. I guess in a way, right? I mean, well, it's in some it. regards that maybe, maybe my animal's reacting in a way for a reason and not necessarily one to be beaten. Sure. Yeah. What the context of that is the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness and, um, there's the King of Moab that doesn't like them, doesn't want them like coming through his land. Right. Mm-hmm. So he calls Balaam to uh, curse and he tries to curse the Israelites, but he can't. Like every time he tries to like open his mouth, he can only like bless them. Yeah. So like all this like crazy stuff happens to him, and then the ultimate troll. <laughs> yeah. So God even talks to him through a donkey. <laughs> yeah. So um. So yeah. so so once again, a vessel used by the Lord. That's right. Yeah. And so here's the basically like the summing up of what I was talking about with the humble thing. Uh, Zechariah nine nine says, "Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, a daughter of Jerusalem! O daughter of Jerusalem!" Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And so 
what I, again, what I think is interesting about that is the, the idea that, um, like you guys said, it's, it's, it's not a, uh, marching procession with power and swords and it's uh, a humble guy riding yeah. on a donkey into the town. And so I, I like the idea of it. And I, I think that, like you said, Bob, in general, uh, as stubborn as a mule, like that saying as stubborn as a mule, mm-hmm. very, very stubborn are, are donkeys. Um, so it's kind of like that funny tale that most Westerns have where you go to the, the, the one guy goes to the stable and he's like, Oh, well, I just need a horse. Any horse like, Oh, well you can take this one. And it's always one that goes like, and it's like crazy and he can't like ride it good. <laughs> so, uh, I guess that that's, that's the point is like, who would want the unruly donkey yeah. to ride on? But that's, that's kind of a, a fun, uh, allegory. And in the morning I'm making waffles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. So we got snakes. That's an interesting one know. because there could be a spiritual dimension to snakes because snake is often an allegory for the devil who we well, talked about. Yep. We, we talked about in our episode on Satan. So we don't necessarily have to go too deeply into it, but we didn't say a whole lot about the snake in the garden when we talked about Satan. Mm-hmm. One of the things too is that doesn't, doesn't he get transformed? You know, the that story, the serpent had legs. If you look at, uh, Genesis three fourteen, when God is cursing him, he says like, I'm yeah. going to make you have to crawl along the ground. And so like when I'm thinking about the way that the serpent must have looked before I'm imagining like, uh, you know, Trogdor, the burninator. Yeah. <laughs> Trogdor, the burninator. <laughs> That's a millennial reference right there. Oh yeah. Elder millennial. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we talking about uh team strong, bad, strong, bad. Yeah. 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 Right. Home star runner. So snakes had legs. How freaky is that? Um, so what's, what would be interesting is to just say that they are, they are lizards that lost mm-hmm. their legs, but there are actually lizards who still have legs. Yeah. So um, my question is, if God created one of every creature in the, on, the, on the planet in Genesis, we had to have like one extra species of lizard. And he's just like, you <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> I give you these four legs yeah. and look what you did. <laughs> you tricked Eve and Adam into eating fruit. Right. I eat these all the time. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to make a, a stretch comparison. Um, and yes. this, this, this comes from Romans chapter 16. And the single verse here, verse 20, says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Now, this verse right here is one of the few instances of... Uh, of, of Connection. Yeah, of, of connect. Yes, but it never even mentions the serpent. It says, uh, you know, right. crush Satan under his feet. But this idea of... It, it's I've always seen this verse portrayed in art form right. as always a heel crushing the head of a, of a snake. Right. And so, well, so, that's referencing Genesis three fifteen, where it says, it says, um, he's talking to the snake once again. And he says, um, you will, you will strike the woman's offspring heel and, uh, and they he will, will crush, crush your, your head. head. Yes. So and, there's and a, you will strike his heel. Yeah. There's an offspring born of a woman that is supposed to be the one that will crush the serpent. once the Christ. Right. Yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, so 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 once again, we're making this connection back all the way back to Genesis. Yes, yeah. and so 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 I, I found that one to be interesting. The idea there of uh, of 
once again, that connection between possibly Satan the serpent, which we said it may or may not be. There definitely, uh, Christ, Christian lore definitely has that connection to be made, but there's not yeah. much explicitly, if you like, the, always connected. The Satan was a bit more of a nebulous figure in the Old Testament. Oh, yes. Anyway, so listen to our last episode or two episodes ago, I guess. So if you if, if we take this even a step further, I mm-hmm. guess representing what what snakes represent, I will I will give you two other references here. Isn't uh, right after he loses his the snake loses his arms and legs. Isn't it intentional to uh, to make the animal crawl on its belly? Yes, as a point of like humbling him to the point of like basically well dragging his body through the ground. It's you you actually got it uh, backwards. It's the fact that 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 uh, that the Lord says that you will now crawl on your belly that we now we seem to conclude that it had arms and legs to begin with. No, no, no. What I mean is I thought that the punishment on the snake was meant to demean the snake, make it like crawl on the, on its stomach as opposed to on its hands and feet. Mm, It's true. All it says is, all it says is you will crawl on your belly. Does it, it doesn't really say I'm taking away your arms and legs. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. So, so yeah, I'm making making some stretches here, but you you are, but that's (laughs) not, that's not a very far stretch to be made. You know, I mean, the, the, the idea of having to, to crawl on your belly is definitely, a very um, somewhat demeaning um, action. So one of the things we know about serpents in the Bible is that they are, you know, are meant to be, uh, are said to be poisonous, which is something that everybody looks out for. But in Mark yeah. and in Luke talks about how, you know, the believers will be able to handle yeah. them and not be afraid. Yeah. But that's kind of a touchy verse. That's an interesting one. Uh, but <laughs> <Yeah>. then, <laughs> but then um, there's also uh, a positive spin on snakes, if you believe it or not, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, it says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. We've already heard that. Mm-hmm. But then the second half of that is, so be wise as serpents and as innocent yeah, as doves. So it's one of the few times that you see the positive nature of a snake. Mm-hmm. I would say that we've seen in, in nature that snakes are very wise. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and shrewd. And, you might yes. Say. Yeah. And, they know and, how to camouflage. They know how to yeah. protect themselves. Yep. And, um, as well as, as well as their, their own young. And, um, and most will tell you those who work with gardens and such that snakes are, tend to be, quite positive uh, the, the the gardener snake being the most common of those like if you have them in yeah. your garden yeah yeah because they keep away other rodents and, and and other things that were going to try to eat your vegetables yeah um of course you got your larger uh animals as well but i'm talking like the smaller ones they definitely try to keep those away and because but they themselves are not going to eat your eat your vegetables so they tend to be very positive signs in a garden yeah they don't like to be treaded on i hear and you know we we hear a lot of allegory about moses with serpents which is interesting too. oh yeah do you know about that bronze serpent story that's right so in in, yeah because i just read numbers recently um numbers exodus and then i think also john 3 14 makes a reference to it but go ahead yeah in 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 numbers uh the people rebelled against god god got angry with them and sent poisonous snakes to bite people that's right and they all get bitten and they're like oh help we're dying so moses intercedes and prays like god please spare these people don't, so god, don't kill them god makes a bronze serpent that hangs on a staff and if they if they look at it it heals them very weird and it's like the symbol like have you ever seen the symbol that's on like an ambulance 
It's like kind oh, of yes, a, yes, the it's kind of a, it's the snake it's a staff with, with a snake. That's yeah. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I actually did. I funny. I actually knew that factoid of one of those random facts. Um, I, I unfortunately also know why Starbucks uses the naked mermaid, yeah. but that's a whole nother thing, <laughs> but no. So, um, not only that, but like, um, Moses also lifted up a serpent in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's in John three fourteen. it says just as he did that. So the son of man will, uh, uh, so must the son of man be lifted up. Yeah. So it was almost like, and just like that story, you look to Jesus on the cross. That's how right. you get your healing. That's from right. sin. So, and so, I mean, it makes, yeah. and it makes an interesting point that, um, <laughs> this is the first time we have kind of like mixed up good and bad, depending on where you look in the scripture. And I think that a lot of times what we're running into is a common thread is that a lot of these are, uh, someone explaining using, uh, imagery and metaphor or sometimes literal stuff like saying, you know how snakes are, well, yeah. you should be like that or you should not be like that. Um, and I think that that just kind of is because there are the nature of animals gives credence to the nature of man in a lot of ways. And so like we are all different aspects of yeah. animals pushed together. Definitely. Sure. Some of us are even snakes yeah. in some, in some form, hopefully not too much though. Cool. Okay. So I want to do two really quickly and then maybe talk about the lion a little bit longer. Okay. So wanna, Let's do it. Yeah. So um, there's cattle or cows those are often an image of wealth or oh, yes. prosperity. Absolutely. Like there's a psalm that talks about how God owns cattle on a thousand hills. Oh, um, yes. There's also like the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. When the prodigal son comes back, uh, the father is so happy that he slaughters the fattened calf. Yeah. So it's like a richness thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I do I, see I believe, it. As- I believe it's, there's also some references that in Job as well. Yeah, I do believe it is a ref- uh, a representation of wealth because when Jesus calls everybody to take like uh, cut their calves in half and bring them to like the wedding, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. and it's like everybody in town bring your bring your calves. It's almost like a uh, and also if you continue to think of it as wealth, then you can also make a big hard push to the idea of sacrificing that wealth to God. Yeah, definitely. Be- because if a cow represents like all of your hard work to like buy a cow. Yeah. Than to like cut it and give it to God is like a thing. It's a big yeah. deal. Um, in Genesis 49, Pharaoh is having these dreams where he sees like seven fat calves come out of the Nile and he sees like seven skinny calves. Oh, and yes. Joseph interprets yes. that to say uh, Egypt is going to have seven years of good harvest and then seven years of famine. Oh. So it's even used as a symbolically there yeah, yeah prosperity and then fam- yeah and then of course if you also uh follow again the, tr- the 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 stories of moses uh a calf is often worshipped uh as yeah. almost like a fertility or a uh agricultural deity uh, amongst yeah. the god's people when they fall astray um like the golden calf uh being both like you said a symbol of wealth but also a symbol of like prosperity yeah and to me it, it's interesting too because Kind of like what we read in, um, gosh, what's that? Oh, uh, the Minor Prophet book. But uh, essentially, people getting so tied up in their own prosperity, mm-hmm. of their own like success with farming, 
that that becomes more important than like God yeah. providing. Yeah. So if you have like a like a bunch of cattle, you're like, yeah, I'm doing good. I don't need God. So that's kind of <laughs> how yeah, I that see doesn't it. sound like any country I know. Yeah. Right. I know. Right. Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Zach. What's next? Dogs. Um, Little snips. Little I w- snippers. Crips. I was surprised that the Bible is not not too keen on dogs. Like a dog that returns to its vomit. Yeah. So does a fool repeat. There's its so folly. many. There's so many oh, things yes. like that. It was an insult, I think, in that culture. Uh-huh. It was just like you're a dog. There's like, well, the, well, the, 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 <laughs> to be fair, this was before, really, mo- for the most part, before the time of domestication. You don't think that they had like golden doodles and stuff? <laughs> pharaohs, uh, pharaohs of Egypt had. Um, they uh, had uh, cats. Well, yeah, they had cats. Well, they they, they worshipped cats. Too. Yeah, they worshipped yeah. cats. They also because- had Doberman pinchers. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They did. Oh, you're right. They yeah. did. They did. So that was what they made the Anubis heads look like. Yeah. Was Doberman yeah. Pinchers. You're right. So, so yeah. there was some domestication there. Um, then. But I, but again, I don't know to what extent yeah. Sure. that, but I do know that the, those types of dogs from that area look like that. And they were around. There yeah. was well, like old depictions of dogs, like sitting next to stuff. Seems like Israel, um, must not have either not been dog people or maybe they just only had like well, wild dogs. Well, yeah, yeah. Wild <laughs> dogs were definitely a major issue during this time. Yeah, we, we, we do have a lot of yeah. a lot of records of that. Zach, just let sleeping dogs lie on this one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of imagery there. Um, I like there's there's a woman who talks to Jesus and she's like, "Please heal me." I think it's in Matthew seven. I don't remember exactly how okay. the story goes, but she she wants Jesus healing, and he says like. Um, no, we can't waste what good we have on dogs. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's like an insult. Oh yes, yes. Oh, don't give dogs what is don't holy. Don't give dogs what is do holy. Not throw yeah. your pearls before pigs. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, well, the, the one from Matthew seven is part of the Sermon on the Mount. That one is more referring to the fact that, that dogs cannot determine what is of okay. value and what yeah, yeah. isn't. Yeah. So 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 Matthew seven it definitely mentions it. But what okay, you're talking. Okay, so Matthew seven is the Beatitudes. There's another one. Uh, oh, though. Matthew five is Beatitudes, but Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Sermon on the Mount. Sorry. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, he says, don't, don't give what is holy to dogs. Um, don't cast your pearls before swine. That's part of Jesus teaching. But he also says to this woman, like, no, we're not going to like waste what is holy on dogs. I'm like, right. wow, ice cold. But then she goes, well, even the dogs get the crumbs on the yes. master's table. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. It would seem. Yes. And that actually... Like, he's like, okay, yeah, that's some faith right there. I can yeah. get behind that. And so he blesses her. Yes. So, yes. I think you are right, though, Bob. I think that a lot of times that dogs are just interchangeable with, like, wolves just, like, running around town. But they don't really have, yeah. like, domesticated, like, dog in your house that's clean that they like yeah. or anything. Yeah, and the, if they the, did, I, it would They be, weren't as dangerous as wolves necessarily. They, they, there was always a distinction between them. But they were, but there's yeah. no doubt that they were, they were not tame either. Wild dogs was just as bad as, I think wolves, wolves, was, was, wolves were definitely worse, but wolves were more of a predator. So they were more something to be feared. Dogs yes. were more of like a scavenger. Yes. And it was something you were kind of disgusted by. Yeah. Cause well, culture. Yeah. Well, well, the dog was an insult too, I think. Yeah. If, if you think about it, I mean, what is a wild dog? Well, they're not going to be up kept. So there's going to, there's often going to be like mange and other issues with the dog. Yeah. And so a lot of disease carrying and things like that. Colin, you're my dog, dog. Thanks, man. <laughs> Carrying my diseases for me. Yes. <laughs> so a lot of times the word dogs, like you said, Zach, is interchangeable with evildoers, too. Yeah. Like in the Psalms, it says, uh, Psalm twenty two sixteen says, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. And then in uh, Revelation, uh, dogs are mentioned uh, outside of the... Um, 
It says outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the sexual, sexually immoral and yeah. murderers and idolaters. And so um, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah. hey, guess what I'm saying is, hey, okay, dogs can be Christians. Rain, my dog, is an example of that. As long as you realize <laughs> that they are um, intrinsically sinful, they are uh, not good boys on their own. Uh, they have to encounter the grace of Jesus Christ in order to become good boys and good girls. So there you go. Oh my gosh. Who's a good boy? Not you. Who's a little depraved, totally oh depraved little boy. Oh my boy. gosh. There we go. Okay. So let's just, let's wrap it up with lions. I am living on the inside, roaring like a lion. So, <laughs> What's interesting to me is how common are lions in Jerusalem? I just don't know. I mean, they talk about them a Actually, lot. I'm not well, sure. It, I, I don't think they're, they're common in Jerusalem. Jer- Jerusalem is native to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. But 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 they are. are they, but are they native to Israel even? Um, it's a fair question. Um, obviously, are they even the, native to the Middle East area over there? I'm not really I even don't sure. Know. When I think of lions, I think more of like African Serengeti. I've never really like thought about this before. <laughs> right. But so, so here's what I'll ask too. Um, I wonder if there are rulers who have lions like in Daniel that just like yeah. keep them. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I, I don't know how much you hear in the Bible of wild lions just randomly like well, attacking or anything. They, did they have them in Babylon, like in the Iranian area? It's cool. That's for yeah, another time. Yeah. That's definitely for no, no, another. No, no, no. But oh, to, to answer your question, yes, it does appear that lions. There, there, there is a breed of lion that is that is more common around the Middle East. Okay. Um, and so specifically Mesopotamia, Syria, Iran, uh, okay, Palestine. So that's Arabia. where they would get the ones from Daniel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're they're kind of like adjacent, and they bring them in as yeah. I understand. So so so, so this is a very specific uh, breed. They are a cousin of the much bigger African lions. It would seem. Ah. Yes. Okay. See cool. that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. So yeah. Here's the thing about lions. They are both good and evil. That's right. Have you read First uh, Peter five eight lately? I I would love for you to tell me what's going on with First Peter five eight. I think First Peter five eight. Do you got it pulled up by any chance? I will I will do the foley with my Bible really fast. Ready? Love that foley there. First Peter is way in the back. Let's keep on going. Two. There we go. I'm a first five Peter. seconds ahead of you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. I'll, I'll go read it. Um, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So does that give new uh, credence to the worship song? Uh, he's living on the oh, he's living on the outside, <laughs> prowling like a lion. Is he living on the inside, roaring like a lion? Yes. I don't know. I think I think hmm. someone needs to consult with the newsboys and get the lyrics worked out. <laughs> Come so, on, newsboys. So in First P- Peter, it's talking about the enemy. So that's interesting. Yes. Describing him as a lion, but who else yes. is described as a lion? Jesus. Well, yes. Yeah. The, the lion yeah. of Judah. I think that it's I, honestly, I know this sounds crazy, but I think it kind of that's that kind of double imagery of the lion being both fierce and like whatever. I think it reminds me sort of of the snake and the dove thing we just read a little bit ago. Where yeah. It's like be as smart as a snake, be as innocent as a dove. Yeah. I think you can be as fierce as a lion but as gentle and loving as a shepherd. Yeah. Um, the, or as gentle as the lamb, like the lion and the lamb. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 
again, this is kind of leading me back to this idea that God kind of, uh, and you know, and human, human beings in general take on aspects of animals very easily, uh, or animals represent the aspects of humanity. Um, and so definitely you want to be the good things about a lion. Sure. You want to be the, uh, lion who doesn't have a thorn in his paw and isn't cowardly. Uh, you want to be like the fierce king of the jungle lion, but you also don't want to be the ferocious, like brutal, I'll kill and eat anything lion. So, don't be Scar, be Mufasa. Right. right. So I, I do find it interesting that unlike wolves and dogs, that there was a a healthy respect for lions. Yeah. And so recognizing that True. they were most certainly dangerous but also, they were also they, they, they had a bit more. There was some respect yeah. there. There was some respect, which, which might also help. I mean, w- they were a bit w- more kingly, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and we see this reflected in C.S. Lewis's Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe as well. You know, yeah. is he safe? Of course, he's not safe, but he is kind. Right. Yeah, that's one of my favorite lines in that story in that book. Like, it's just like he's good. That's that's such a what a way to describe Jesus. He's not safe. Like yeah. Jesus is like this powerful, fierce person, you know? Yeah. So he's not, he's not safe, but he is good. Yes. Um, yes. Definitely. So that's that. Yeah. That's a really good way to incorporate that lion imagery. And I love how the lion imagery representing Jesus goes all the way back to Genesis when it talks about uh, Judah. So when, uh, Jacob is passing away. He's like talking to all his sons and all the, he's talking about the lineage that's going to come from them and stuff. And Mm -hmm. he says to, uh, he says to Judah in Genesis 49, you are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey. My son, like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until to whom it belongs shall come in the obedience of the nations shall be his. So when it mm. says that Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah, that's what it's talking about. Jesus descended from that line. And, uh, it's saying like, that's using the lion as the imagery of like the kingliness associated with that line of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny too, because of how much, uh, wrath and fierceness and strength uh, is is reference to lions, mm-hmm. um, but like th- unlike like you said, unlike wolves, there's never a connotation of like badness. I'm not sure why, but like for even in proverbs when they talk about like, oh, you're as fierce as a lion. Like here are f- five things that are really yeah. fierce. Yeah. Um, but like for example, I'm just pulling up random proverbs. It says. A king's wrath is like the growling of a lion. Proverbs 19.12 says, A king's wrath is like the growling of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. So even in that context, it's not saying the lion's bad. It's just saying that like, if it's a fierce wrath, it's like a lion. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I guess that that same logic kind of applies to that 1 Peter scripture, kind of bringing it back. Because it says your, Mm -hmm. your enemy prowls about like a lion. So it's saying, like, take the enemy seriously. Yes. <laughs> because he's out there. He's ready to strike. He'll pounce on you. <laughs> so, so so maybe once again, yeah. even viewing as the enemy with a healthy level of fear. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, it's, it's not just a pest. It's, he's not described as a wolf. This is a lion. This is something that will tear you yeah. apart. You need to be have a healthy sense of fear of the enemy. 
No, 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 not, not, not because he will control you, but because he can devour you. There you go. And also, uh, one of the, the things that's reoccurring that I, I've seen is um, young lion cubs being hungry for food mm-hmm. and then connecting that to like God, God's provision for a people. And so, um, like, for example, in Psalm um, 104, it says the young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. Not like so he's making a connection between um, when we're, I guess, growing, we, we can't fend for ourselves, but like God provides. Um, yeah. And then in uh, Nahum, there's a really brutal story about a lion who like tore um, tore up a bunch of stuff and like stuffed all the food in the uh, cave for his like lioness and his cubs and stuff. And it's like, it kind of, even, even in that gruesome story, it still connects lions with like goodness. It never like twists it for evil or anything. (laughs) It's so kind of confusing to me, but of course that's because we associate primarily Jesus um, as a lion and a lamb. So I don't think the Bible is going to be like, lions are evil. You shouldn't be like the lions. (laughs) Cause then later if they said, yeah, except for God, he's like a lion and that's cool too. So, so, so you can be a lion like that, I guess. Yeah, so every time it mentions that Jesus is a lion, it's really, it's talking about his power, you know, yeah, and like yeah. what he has the authority to do. Cause I like how in revelation five, they're, oh, yes. look, they're looking around for somebody who can open this scroll. And I think it even says like, I wept because nobody mm-hmm. was found worthy to open the scroll. Verse then, four. Yeah. But then in uh, verse five, it says, uh, then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and all of its seven seals. So Jesus is tied to that lion imagery, but it's because they're using it to show that, like, he's able to open the scrolls. He has authority to, like, make all these things happen. So, yeah, it's a king. It's a king thing and a fierce thing. That's right. Yeah. There you go. It's like a lion's head that roars with the body of a sheep but with the uh, paws of a, a donkey. Oh, of a donkey. <laughs> now you're skinny weird. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I guess that'll about wrap it up for now. I yeah. mean, there's probably a million other animals that are cool in the Bible. Yeah. What other animals did we miss? What do yes. you guys think? Um, there's like, I saw a few, like there's, um, there's a like antelope or whatever gazelle in the, oh, yeah. in the Bible that, that oh like, yes in the proverbs bit. yeah they, yes um, there's uh, there's fish there's, there's, there might be enough for another episode yes. I don't know so like the yeah. whale the big fish slash whale is interesting the whale because there's, there's a lot of different yeah. times where God uses fish there's also fish that Jesus disciples catch that's right which could also be fishing for people that's right as well so I mean maybe this maybe yeah. this does need another episode maybe we'll talk about I don't it know maybe sometime if we just need an episode could be good so thanks for tuning in uh we had a lot of fun we were just kind of uh taking a break and uh kind of relaxing and and talking about uh animals in the scripture and we had a lot of fun doing it so yeah appreciate you listening awesome. in yep yep be sure to check us out on patreon and like zach said tell us which ones do this which, which ones are your favorites we will catch you next time peace